0: This podcast is not intended to provide any investment advice. The opinions expressed here by either the hosts or guests do not necessarily reflect the views of PSA, Collectors Holdings, or any of their affiliates. Any discussion of collectible values in the past or present is not a guarantee of future performance. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 15 of the PSA pod. Ryan Green, Jack Archer, Steve Sloan. How's it going, fellas?
1: What a fun weekend. Crazy weekend. Emotionally charged weekend, <laughs> you could say.
2: For those of us who collect the players in the in the spotlight.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, so I, I collect Jason Tatum, so part of my Sunday was fantastic and joyful, and I also collect Devin Booker, so part of my Sunday was just Full of darkness and despair.
0: <laughs> okay, so we want to dive in more on this because this is. I, I was very. I felt like secondhand bad watching the. I only saw the first quarter of it, and then I followed the rest of it. The Suns Mavs game because I knew I've because I've been there before, and I knew what you were going through. It was puzzling. Yeah, it was puzzling. I I felt like
1: the game ended, and I felt like I witnessed a murder or something. It <laughs> felt as if and that was before you went on twitter right
0: <laughs> tell me you avoided twitter all night
1: my my buddy sent me a a text of um in game of thrones when when cersei like blew up a castle with all the the green flames and mm-hmm. smoke and he goes this is what i just watched yeah it was uh it was yeah i was i was absolutely flabbergasted i think uh i think a lot of people were and as a, as a collector, Devin Booker, my mind goes into like a few different places. Like, you know, his cards are going to be discounted over the next few months, like probably, probably pretty, uh, pretty severely discounted. So I guess that's a positive. Uh, I will tell you, I showed up to work today and on my desk, I have, I have, two Devin Booker cards amongst a bunch of other collectibles. And I considered putting them like in one of my drawers and just taking a break for a little bit.
2: It's like when you turn the picture of your ex-girlfriend around,
1: around the the desk or something like that, you just can't
2: flip it down. Yeah, Yeah, it was,
1: uh, it was rough. But on the flip side, it, it was awesome to see the Celtics play as, as they did. And, it really feels like Tatum made that jump from being like a top 10, top 12 guy in the NBA to a top five guy in yes. the NBA. He's still so young. He's not even 25 yet. And uh, it's just exciting to sort of be at the, really the the, the start of what could be a, a very special player.
0: So whereas you know that you could probably, if you want to really double down on Devin Booker this off season, it, the opportunity is probably there. But if you want to double down on Jason Tatum, yeah yeah and the ship might have sailed
2: you know, i think you have to ask yourself am i a collector or am i an investor because yeah. if you're a collector you're good right uh-huh, to jack's uh-huh. point about you know this is a buying opportunity if people are going to be jumping off the the Booker ship then you should scoop up what's missing from your pc because mm-hmm. um, you believe in the guy right i mean yep. that that's what it's about you you collect for for many different reasons but if you're a true collector of the player uh successes or otherwise then today's a fine day
0: so so this is where I am of the opinion because I, I, I love that you brought up those terms collector and investor. And I've I think especially in the last few years, like I've been a collector for so many years, but I think I've finally realized that every collector really is an investor. You're invested one way or the other. You're either invested for with financial motivations or you're invested emotionally or you're both. But everyone's but
2: invested in some way, right, but there's different outcomes depending on yes. which one because honestly, if you're a Tatum guy, and you are an investor today's a, a selling day right oh, 100%. i mean running up until you know everyone expects them to be to heat you know you, you've got a, a week and a half two weeks here that you can maximize value on, on mm-hmm. your earlier investment whereas if you're a tatum collector you, you can't buy right now it'd be it'd be really hard to find value in the
1: market like that
0: like jack is looking at that green prism and saying that's what's putting my kids through college right now
1: i'm 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 looking at that green prism and thinking to myself, I need a second green prism okay, <laughs> so I can put my kids through college. Uh, <laughs> there is like a believer. Believer. it's yeah. going up still. There is a thing as a collector though when you have a lot of cards of a player and there's a card that you're just not crazy about. Like I, personally, I don't love the 2017 optic set. I picked up his optic hollow not too long ago when the prices were really low because I believed in him and I'm a Tatum collector mm-hmm. and it felt like one of his key cards to own and. I don't think I'm going to exit from, it. Don't, I don't really I don't want to exit any of my Tatum cards, but if I were, it's not like as an investment, like, oh, I want like a couple hundred dollars to, to go do this or buy that. It's because I want to take that money and I want to either put it into another Tatum card that I'm going to have a, a, a closer emotional relationship with or put it into another player that I collect, whether that's Justin Herbert or Ichiro.
0: So how are you feeling as a Booker collector today?
1: i'm feeling down i'm feeling yeah. defeated and it's not because like oh like my cards are, are worth less i wasn't going to sell my booker cards mm-hmm. i have a, I have a pop one tie-dye select uh rookie card from devin booker i'm not selling that because i'm never going to get it back and i even if i could i i just wouldn't but i do feel emotionally defeated because like you know he's one of my guys In- can, I,
2: can i ask you a question how do you feel personally about
1: devin booker Put his cards aside for a second yeah. because this is something I've
2: struggled with in collecting uh, ultra modern guys. It's like you can't help it. But, but uh, was I wrong? Well, you get angry a little bit, mm-hmm. right? It's like, God, you let me down, and it's a little bit more than just being a fan. You know, I've invested you with my with my money, but like it's hard. Like we're all in different areas of our life and and finances. It's like how hard do you take it when a guy lets yeah. you down. Uh, maybe Jack, maybe, maybe, I mean, you're such a cool and calm collected guy that I don't see you getting personally angry at Devin Booker, but trust me, I've got personally angry
1: at, at people like Derek Carr. It's like, damn <laughs> you, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you suck? Why? <laughs> Derek Carr. I would be, I would, I would have like a, like an anger issue. If, if uh, uh, my i I've Derek gone through
2: Carr. the whole range of emotions, trust me, including like, I'm just going to send him these cards directly.
1: Like, <laughs> <But laughs> You take these cause I don't want them anymore. I, so I, for me, I'm, I'm trying to defend Devin Booker. We jumped. We were all on a, a set registry call this morning and we get on and, and Alex Yammy was who was hosting the meeting. uh, He just went like 10 minutes. just he went in complete like skip Bayless, <laughs> just like thrashing the man. And we didn't have time for, for me to rebuttal, <laughs> but I thought about it. And for me, I'm not like, yeah, you know, you're right. I'm like, I want to defend him. Like I, I feel like last night was an anomaly. I think if mm. you ran the simulation a thousand times, that wouldn't happen again. It was it was strange what happened. It was strange how much they got destroyed. And uh, I'm just, I'm a big fan of the way he plays the game. I'm a big fan of the way he carries himself. I know he rubs some people the wrong way, but that's how it is. And frankly, I think that's kind of like a tier you need to hit to be a superstar. Yes. I remember when LeBron, 06, 07, when he got to a certain point, every time you turned on ESPN or Fox News, there was someone yelling about him. And I I really do feel like you're not a true superstar until you have those kind of conversations surrounding you in sports media.
0: Until you're drawing, like, visceral reaction to your performances. Yeah. Yeah, it's – okay, so, Steve, you mentioned Derek Carr. What's the – who's the – Just one example. Okay, (laughs) who's – as a collector, who's the, who's the athlete? Let's, let's start with this one. Like who's giving you the biggest high where like, you've had that moment where like you believed in them, you collected in them, you invested in them. And it really like you, you had that moment where it like paid off. Like, say you were like someone buying Patrick Mahomes cards in 2017. And then you're watching him win the Super Bowl three years later. And you're just sitting there just like Ready to bounce off the walls.
2: You know, I, I've insulated myself from those feelings mostly because I collect a lot of vintage and and '80s cards from guys who are long retired. I have to say, it's Derek still from t- mm-hmm. the 2016 season when it was like, oh man, this is incredible. Like they're actually doing something. It felt real. Of course, he got hurt in the tail end of the season, second to last game, and broke his ankle. Didn't make the playoff appearance. So the the range of emotions were all around that still, mm-hmm. and and it being pretty pretty difficult. But, um, you know. I'm, I'm not I have I root for bad teams like I, I, <laughs> like, I can't I can't like and I don't have any a warriors in my PC you know I, I was too late on that one so it would have been staff if I was smart enough or clay or any of those guys Jordan but, Poole incoming yeah even Jordan Poole I was late on you know I'm just like you know I, no I uh no no, loony PC in no, in no Looney PC no no loony and this 22 rebounds although maybe I should it'd be still pretty affordable <laughs> um although he probably won't even see the court next round uh, against the Mavs but no, I mean, I don't have the 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 typical guy, other than probably uh, Derek from mm-hmm. 2016, But I don't know. What about you? You're you're a Fields guy, like guys. Oh like yeah, that.
0: I I I'm so I I love collecting quarterbacks in the modern, especially in terms of modern cards. A lot of what I collect is guys who don't play anymore on the football side. But uh, in terms of the modern guys, Justin Fields, because I'm a diehard Bears fan, I loved him going to the draft. So I'm I've I've definitely acquired a lot of his cards so i'm braced for the ride if i'm gonna get let down i'm gonna get let down if i'm gonna enjoy the meteoric rise i'm gonna enjoy the meteoric rise but i know what i got myself into when i did it yep
1: i think football really does give you the the highest emotional highs and and lowest because it's so qb dependent Mm -hmm. and like i when brady won his last super bowl and i was holding some nice brady cards at the time like that was a that was a pretty spectacular feeling yeah. and i mean i i got into justin herbert at the the very beginning and I've, i have i have a couple close friends who are very hardcore broncos fans and cannot stand the chargers so for me like like watching like sunday red zone together with my buddies and seeing the chargers do well and seeing herbert do what he does it's just a a very very satisfying feeling
0: see i'm and in terms of modern quarterbacks i'll go on the other side because jack i don't want you to feel alone here i love kyler murray i loved him in high school i loved him in college so i collected his cards when he got to the league as the number one overall pick it stunk watching that playoff game this year like i'll never forget it because the the one play that everybody goes back to is the the pick six like right on the goal line but what people forget is that, like, I think it was two snaps before that play, he threw a beautiful, like, 25-yard pass to A.J. Green that he dropped, like, just straight-up dropped. And I remember having just, like, like the sinking feeling when it happened because they were already kind of starting to fall out of the game, and I'm like, this is not going to end well. Like, they're going into desperation mode. And Two plays later was the signature play on an all-time bad playoff performance. He had a
1: rough offseason, too.
0: He did, and I will say it, as having several of his cards it's, it's, it's required a lot of, uh, just bite your tongue and just, yeah,
2: just, just brace yourself. You know what you're getting into it. Much like holding yeah. a ticket in a, for a gambling event. I mean, you're holding yeah, a ticket. That's gonna, the good news in cards, it's gonna hold value no matter what, mm-hmm. unlike a ticket that expires at the end of regulation. Or, exactly. But how have we made it this long without mentioning the biggest hobby winner over the weekend, which is Luca. Oh my gosh. I mean, Goodness gracious! The guy just uh, before our eyes ascended to another level that, obviously, in success of making it to the Western Conference Finals, he hadn't done before. This is big, and I think all the people that collect Luca are, are unlike Jack on on cloud nine today. I mean, although you do have to hate him, so it's balanced there. But like, I have one, I have one Luca card too.
1: It's a nice one. Okay, well, so
2: you're it in. all balances out. You're yeah. in. Yeah. All
0: right, good. I have zero Luca cards, and I keep telling myself I should. I don't really collect basketball, but now I think yesterday it may have been the uh, it's it's officially too late moment
1: his prices have come down to yes. where they were though i totally. think part of the reason that we're not seeing like this spectacular response to what luca did was because it was always kind of expected he was always the guy that was supposed to do it yeah. yeah it was built into it so now that he's doing it it's like okay like that's what you're supposed to do. Now go win everything, and then go win it again, and then maybe yeah. a third time, and then you'll like meet our expectation.
2: That's that, that's absolutely
1: true, I think. And, but at the at the flip side, it's like
2: it's such a relief because for every time the guy does do it, there's a handful of examples of when he's not. Mm-hmm. So you know you you have to be rooting for Luca from a hobby perspective. Um, I'm a Warriors fan, but how that's terrifying a great, are you? Uh, I mean. Hey, we're champions. I'm You've not, won I'm enough. We've like, won so much. There's <laughs> it's nobody. All, it, there's it's no all to right be right more now. casual yeah. right but, now than we're. But honestly, man. seeing Luca ad- advance to the finals would be incredible. I'd be very happy for him mm-hmm. and the hobby overall. Like it's the thing. Weird thing. Working in the industry, maybe, or even as a collector, you root for ho- hobby outcomes. Yeah. And you know, from the uh, from the West, a, a Luca versus um, Tatum finals would be incredible. Um, much better than, say, a, a Warriors Heat final from a, from a hobby's perspective, it, in my opinion.
0: Does it kind of feel like a little bit, you know, not to go too far back with the reference, but would a Luka versus Tatum kind of feel like the first time like Bird and Magic squared off I mean, on that I stage? I mean, you're, you're yeah. looking at two guys who are in their early 20s who are clearly going to be forces in this league, you know, barring injury, you know, for a long time. I mean that
2: that's a pretty tall comparison considering the yes. the rivalry they had in college as well, but I think it's it's in the right vein and right mm. direction, and it's what the NBA needs. I mean we're 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 past the LeBron era. LeBron's on the backside of his career, and we need the new stars to, to step up. We had Giannis last year. Now it's you know the opportunity for for the and the and the um, Jason Tatum's to, to, to be the next.
0: See, but here's why I love Luca in that in that comparison because I don't know if you guys watch the HBO Max series uh, Winning Time, which about the rise of the Showtime Lakers and they really lean into that rivalry with Magic and, and Bird and like how just how much I don't want to say hatred but it's like how much fire Bird had towards Magic early in their careers um, and then I see Luca like he just got more and more sinister as this like series went on like he had that clip of him exiting the floor after Game 5 in Phoenix where he was talking about how, like, it's easy to, you know, be tough when you're up. And it made me think of uh, The Last Dance with Michael Jordan talking about after losing Game 1 to Charlotte and holding the baseball bat with the cigar. And I was like, this is the same vibes. And now you see Luca go out in Game 7 and literally every shot he hits, like, he's like the Joker, just, like, smiling and laughing after every hit shot.
1: It's kind of like a WWE heel turn. It is. A little bit. I remember when he was a rookie, he would do, like, a you'd play like spike ball, like that beach game. Yeah. Like before games, like, oh, that's endearing. And he'd play video games on Twitch. Like, oh, that's endearing. He was flipping the water bottle to try to have it land perfectly, like before games. Like, oh, he's just like a kid. Uh, and then but he's also really good. And like, he's so funny, so young. And now it's like, this guy's a, a sniper. He's a killer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's out to win.
0: You have to be, you, there's, there's like the theory that you have to be a killer to win at that level. And I feel like he's showing that he has it.
1: So we'll see we saw
2: with Burrow and leading up to the Super Bowl, all the submissions coming in. I'm curious to revisit this pod or this topic in Mm -hmm. in three to four weeks on the pod, especially if they advance to see the Luca trends on submissions.
0: Just looking at April 2022, you know, on social, we talk about the, uh, you know, we we run data of the most submitted cards and athletes per category. Luka was not in the top five in April. The April twenty twenty two for basketball. For basketball, it was Michael Jordan number one, Kobe number two, Lamelo three, LeBron four, Anthony Edwards five. So, and those five have pretty much like populated the top five all by themselves for several months running. So, do you think there's going to be a spike in May where we see Luca jump up there? Do you think it's going to be that significant? What's what's your what's your prediction? Absolutely.
2: Like it, there has to be. It mean, was, it he was he was yeah, he was
0: number eight in for reference in uh in April.
2: Well, if he's gonna take anyone's place, it's gonna be Anthony Edwards or LaMelo. I mean, those two spots are open. I mean, obviously you got GOATs and in, in Kobe LeBron
1: and Jordan, but um we have a lot of fresh basketball product coming out that's too. That's true. So you might see Kate Cunningham in there, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, uh popping on that list as well, mm-hmm. taking the spots from LaMelo, taking the spots from Anthony Edwards. So he's gonna have increased uh, competition everywhere. I mean, there's already 18,000 2018
2: Luca Prism base, base in yeah. PSA 10 in, in circulation. So there's supply, that's for sure. Let's see what it does to the price. Jack, Jack mentioned it's been pr- relatively flat, if not down a little bit over the course of the year. So uh, a lot of expectations have been built in. We'll see if you know, based on their performance against the Warriors, if that goes up.
0: I think you have to also factor in that during the kind of the boom of the hobby that was during 2019, 2020, the pandemic, he was kind of at the forefront of the modern basketball stars being him and Zion really being submitted. So I, I guess in my mind, it's only natural that it cooled off a little bit. Um, So maybe this is what spikes it to, to, to a resurgence. Well, we talked about the data a little bit we want to get into some business updates before we are joined today by chris carlin who is the new director of customer care here at collectors and psa and on the business update side um we want to start by talking a little bit of the psa by the numbers which you just referenced um a big number through april we are we had another month with over uh, nine million cards graded and shipped out of psa which now puts us at 3.7 million cards year to date through April. Steve, about what you expected to this point, where's, uh, you know, I guess give some insight to this number from the business end.
2: Well, a lot of it still is working through the value submissions from February, March, April and May of 2021. So you're seeing obviously high volume uh, cards coming, high volume orders coming through the system Mm -hmm. and you know, our our capacity is around 40,000 units a day and so uh, I think it's just pretty steady in terms of you reference things that were popular in, in 2021 yeah. coming through uh, especially when the hobby was really booming in in that period so that's what we're seeing today in terms of the outputs
0: well the other number i wanted to really zero in on we were going to talk about this a little bit last week we didn't quite get to it is um you know we've we've referenced on this show before the popularity of F1 in the hobby space um Right now, it's in our miscellaneous sports, or as we refer to it in our by the numbers data, uh, emerging sports category, where, you know, for example, tennis is in that category as well. This was a big mover uh, last month. It went from the number eight most submitted category at PSA in March to number five, jumping ahead of soccer and hockey um, in April. Surprising to see emerging sports, which again, largely includes F1 jumping up that high.
1: 0%. Yeah. The new Top Scrum F1 came out. New Dynasty just came out. It's There's so much data relation between all of these numbers and product being opened and product being ripped and then product being submitted that way.
0: Totally agree. I, and it, it, it shows that people, I think, also got pretty savvy with F1 cards off of 2020 where... As they're being open, they're also being submitted immediately for grading. Are you surprised that Lewis Hamilton remains at the top of the of the list of? No, not at all. Still the goat. St- so- he's still LeBron, basically of F one.
1: Yeah, he's always going to have that. Like you know, you mentioned Michael Jordan, Kobe. Like he's always going to be in the mix, no matter who comes, no matter who gets hot. He's always going to be one of the most submitted.
0: It's if you look at the most submitted athletes per category in April. So you look at football. Tom Brady jumped to number one. You look at basketball Michael Jordan held steady at number 1. You look at hockey Wayne Gretzky jumped from number 2 to number 1. So I I think and you know like golf Tiger Woods, soccer Lionel Messi. I think if you look at these sports like he's achieved that goat status in the hobby already, which is insane because F1 cards at a license a licensed F1 product didn't really start becoming mainstream until 2 years ago. He's already he's already achieved it. So you got to look at the other guys in the list to see the move. Oh, yeah. And
2: and you do a good job of indicating the risers and fallers through the arrow system. And, you know, we see Leclerc's up, Verstappen's
0: down,
3: Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: little things like that, that really kind of show you the micro trends within the market.
0: I think, I think Leclerc is, is, is very interesting and it's not terribly surprising because he's in a great position to compete for the driver's championship here at still just what, 24 years old, I believe. But a very good personality. Like we talk about the popularity of the Netflix series, documentary series. He's very prominent in that and comes across as really engaging in that. And it's it's funny to see how Verstappen, who is very like polarizing with F1 fans, how that translates to the hobby. Well, Leclerc wasn't even in the top five.
2: Yeah. So he's making moves.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I mean... I've said it before. I think Leclerc is just cooler than cool. Mm -hmm. I think it helps that he races for Ferrari too, which has such a historic importance uh, in F1. And also as a brand just in society, I think there's a certain cool factor and and element surrounding that that uh, Red Bull as a brand just doesn't have. So when you have these high-end Formula One products, these high-end Dynasty products, to have a, a Ferrari patch or a gas station energy drink patch... In my opinion, <laughs> in terms of you know how what kind of brands there are, there's there's just a a big gap. Good call, for sure.
0: Well, uh, we I, I mentioned Jordan. Um, a very significant Michael Jordan card came through a couple of weeks. Actually, last week. Um, I want your initial reactions on this one because this was a very engaging t- uh, subject for us on the social media end. Cards that. I don't think anybody really, and Nat Turner even kind of confirmed this. Nobody knew the whereabouts of them.
2: You know, it's no a big deal means. when you're in a meeting and yeah. you get a phone call from Nat Turner saying you need to come out and come to the grading room and check this out. So yeah. um, that was that happened to you, Ryan, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a pretty cool feeling, I'm sure, getting to call out of a meeting to go see what we haven't even described yet. But uh, the bat phone. Well, you're yeah.
0: wondering at the same time, like, what is it? It has to. I'm I'm thinking if it's not, it's probably something like Jordan, Kobe, LeBron ish.
1: That's right. He didn't tell you what.
2: No, the cards. Were. No he idea.
0: Said, you just
1: got to get over here. So Joe Burrow base PSA nine. Moses. Yeah, no, it
0: was it was a two thousand. It was a pair of cards, two thousand three Upper Deck Ultimate Collection, one of one, Logo Man Autos of Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant from the same set that featured a card of LeBron James from his rookie year product unbelievable cards um anonymous uh owners remaining anonymous um but these were in a private collection together and you know nat was kind of describing like there was thoughts that i think he was saying the kobe was rumored to be in uh, china or japan somewhere it was rumored that the jordan was still in sealed wax somewhere 20 year old sealed wax nope they both showed up here
2: incredible like for for collectors who work here it's like one of those the earth stops uh, moments for to be able to see these cards oh, see yeah. them in person confirm their existence you know every once in a while you have to you have to question that sometimes if you don't see cards in, in a number of years so it was really cool and, and you you were able to get up person clo- uh up close and personal right
0: yeah and it was part of a larger collection that featured a lot of really cool like 2000s like lebron kobe jordan autos but these were obviously the 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 cornerstones of that of that collection and um just unbelievable cards so the kobe graded
2: uh, a mint nine with the auto as a nine mm-hmm. and the mj was graded just authentic out the for the card but an auto for the uh at a 10 mm-hmm. so authentic uh auto 10 uh what are, where are you guys at with with grading these cards uh especially as one of ones there's a lot mm-hmm. of discussion and debate in the hobby around what should happen with the numerical grades on cards so obviously the mj one being authentic it leads you to believe that the grade at least wasn't uh, 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 eight, mm-hmm. right? So usually most typical people will take authentic if it's lower than an eight. Um,
1: where do you guys stand on this? I mean, I think you have to grade them simply for the fact that it protects the card. And it gets in this beautiful PSA case. It really kind of incre- like increases how it feels in your hand, how it's presented. But it also protects it in a way that non sonically sealed yeah cases just they just can't do so number one especially for cards that are worth this much money just rolling up in a in I, i'm not even sure what case they rolled up in but it wasn't it was it, a
0: thick recessed like screw down like they were they were in there securely i don't think they'd been out in years but yeah
1: yeah it's just not the same mm-hmm. i definitely think you have to get it graded simply for the security
0: i think i'm of the mindset you get it in case and, and encapsulated like he did I do like the thinking though on one of ones and this, maybe this is just me just being OCD on grades, but I like the idea of setting, you know, if I had a one of one of that caliber, maybe saying like, if it's not going to grade an eight or better, just go authentic. Yeah. I think I would grade the autograph regardless. They both look super clean too. Um, but yeah.
2: Yeah. I'd, I'd grade the autos if were, they're were nine or higher probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know i'm torn on the authentic because it is a one of it is very polarizing you're not, you're not answering the question to the marketplace as to where it falls on the grading scale specifically so there's a big difference between a four and a seven in my mind or even a seven and a half mm-hmm. and you know it, it it's obviously up to the submitter um and that person probably has a better understanding of the card's characteristics and what might lead have led to the grade so i'm not going to pass judgment on anyone who's based on their decisions as, as a collector. But for me, wanting to know exactly where it stands without having the card in hand, I'm, I'm more on the side of, hey, give it a numerical grade despite uh, it being a
0: one-on-one. I'll say this, like, I, I don't think a lower grade would have like ruined the card for me. It's like one of those ones where the grade just probably doesn't matter, right?
1: I was in complete agreement with you that if this was me and this is my card, I would do, I would get the authentic and I get the auto 10 Yeah. and over the last year or so in my collecting journey, I've kind of shifted the other way where I just, I just want to know the grade. And I think the big catalyst for this was when 2020 tops, Chrome F1 came out and it had all of those production issues. And I'm seeing all of these PSA six PSA seven cards of, of big parallels of, of, of big drivers hit the market and they're of such interest to me and to other collectors that it's kind of like washed away the idea that like a, a PSA 7 like shouldn't be in terms of like modern cards shouldn't be desirable. Um, so for me, I think at this point, I just want to know the grid. I kind of like how the Kobe's mid nine auto nine is just something uh I don't know, it just feels honest. I hate to use it because it sounds like a cop up, but I don't think there's a wrong
2: answer here in terms of whether to have the numerical grade or just have it authentic. It's the beauty of collecting. It's your card. You can choose what you want with it. And yeah, you know, that's the right of the consumer to
1: to do. So um, I think also it's a case by case. Every card's different. Every card is different. Every set is different. Every situation is different. Every, uh,
0: yeah, every collector is different. I Like you said, Jack, too, like as you've kind of skewed, like s- your, your personal pendulum as a collector has swung. I think we all go through that with cards like I you know I grade way more now in the last three years than I did the previous five like I graded some now I now I buy to grade so I I totally get it
2: and the beauty is if you ever buy one of those cards you can always resubmit it and have the label changed you know you can like you buy a, a, a card that's been graded with an auto grade nine for example and you don't want that you can resubmit it for reholder and remove the auto grade nine and just have it be the standard card grade there's a lot of flexibility yeah,
0: there exactly well before we get uh chris uh chris carlin in here with us we want to talk about we mentioned it briefly previously but jack uh on the psa magazine side we've we've gotten some really good feedback on social after sharing these the refractor covers yeah of the magazine and i will say i will double down on on what people have said in the comments on social they are beautiful especially in hand they're they're gorgeous
1: in hand in person i promise you they're they're 10x more beautiful than they are in these photos and they look beautiful in these photos uh, i'm really happy we were finally able to share this mm-hmm. uh really happy with the the warm response we received and i'm excited to to give these away and uh if you want more details on that just go to our, our twitter our instagram we have all the uh all the notes on that and uh i will say that this is just the beginning we actually have another Griffy thing coming, can't say what it is yet, but it's even cooler than this. And uh, we're working on all types of ways to make the magazine just just feel more collectible. And uh, we have we have like really fun things coming. Uh, so just know this is just step one, and uh, we're gonna you know build this out even more. And I'm just happy with the warm response. Make sure to check out the photos if you haven't yet. Uh, these things are stunning.
0: And again, the way to be eligible to have a chance to get one of these is to be a Collector's Club member. So this is, uh, you know, we talked about the Collector's Club recently. This is another, you know, just kind of nice piece being layered in there as an exclusive to our members.
1: And if you're hearing this right now saying, oh man, I missed it. I wish I could have entered. If you're a Collector's Club member, you were automatically entered into the contest. If you're not a Collectors Club member, there's there's further details on our Twitter and on our Instagram. But if you're a Collectors Club member, you're already automatically entered, so you have just as good a chance as anybody else to win one of these. We're making the and by the time you're listening to this, we probably would have already contacted the winners. Uh, but I'm just uh, just ex- excited to to ship these out and and get these in collectors' hands.
0: Awesome. Well, there's going to be more of these to come as well. So uh, if you're joining the Collectors Club now um to access things such as the economy service level which is now fully open to collectors club members uh check it all check out all the details at slash join if you're doing that there's going to be plenty more of this to come on the magazine and and a lot more
1: yeah so, beyond the magazine beyond the magazine beyond uh access to economy we have some really fun things planned for this so if you're just a if you love cards and you love collecting this is uh this is something you definitely want to be plugged in with
0: all right well as we mentioned chris carlin the brand new director of customer care here at collectors and psa joining us here in the nba jam studio chris thank you so much for uh dropping by when when you came on board i've known you via twitter (laughs) for a while i couldn't wait to get you in here
1: chris has the i want to jump in here i want to compliment you he has this really warm welcoming presence to him He's just really nice to be around he's got a great smile i'm like this guy's made for this job like no wonder he's so good at it
3: well yeah i i, I mean i grew up collecting so this is uh, like i never even knew jobs like this existed when i was <laughs> a kid so to to kind of fall into uh the industry the way i did uh has been awesome and then uh finding a home here at collectors as well has been extremely eye-opening you know going from a manufacturer to a, a grading company uh, you know, I, I spent 24 years at Upper Deck and, and now seeing how how this process works is extremely eye-opening and, and just getting a more worldly view of things has been, uh, has been really cool so far.
0: Well, you mentioned you've collected since you were a kid. So everybody who comes on the show for the first time yes. gets to talk about their collector story. Tell people about, you know, like you said, how long you've been collecting, what you collect still to this day. Tell us your story. Sure.
3: Yeah. I had uh, three older brothers and they were nine 10 and 11 years older than me Uh, i was i was (laughs) maybe a mistake we don't know uh but uh at the same time like they all collected and uh when they went off to high school and college in particular and found out about girls their collections kind of (laughs) came to me uh because they were just they just lost interest um and then i was like in heaven so i would go to card shows all the time and was really really uh into the hobby but my my biggest issue i think is that you know i just focused on baseball cards i didn't think about scarcity at the time and the fact that you know i was i, I just was a sheep everyone else was collecting baseball cards i was doing that too and uh, it just sickens me how many times i turned down joe montana's or <laughs> jordan's or things like that because i was so focused on baseball and and to graduate college and find out that, you know, upper deck is in the same city where, where I was located. I was, I was like, how do I get in here? I don't care. I was supposed to be a teacher. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> Screw teaching. I'm, I'm making my way into this company. Uh, and, and I did. So a lot of what I collect, um, was things that I worked on things I wanted to share with my kids one day. So a lot of promotional cards, promotional sets, uh, marketing items, Uh, We're all things that, uh, that I would chase so I could share with my, my kids later. So
0: what are some of your favorites? Cause I've seen from, cause there's a handful of people here that, that came from upper deck and like, I've seen some of those promotional cards that people have like the, the Kobe Bryant, like Santa suit card, like things like that, that are just unbelievable to see in hand. What are some of your favorites you have?
3: Yeah, you know, Upper Deck does this really cool program where they award uh, employee cards instead of uh, a bonus, which everyone who gets them is like, yeah. So I I held on to a lot of mine because you know I, I kind of planned to use them for to share with my kids at at mm-hmm. one point. But yeah, the, I I love some of the memorabilia items that that we created. So um, I chase those down a lot. You know, when we're when Upper Deck was trying to. Come up with a a sweet promotional item it couldn't conflict too much with the revenue items that uh, they sold on the store so the company had to be pretty uh pretty careful with regard to what they made but creative as well so i love there's these goodwin champions posters that are signed by some different athletes that are really cool uh one that i chased and bought long not too long ago was a uda Uh, LeBron James uh, home of 23 posters so uh, there were only 23 made uh, but it was to promote that you know while Upper Deck may not have an NBA license they still have LeBron James so I I worked on that campaign and thought it was awesome but but now I've found that I'm collecting a lot of a lot of new things since I've been here Uh, I bought my first graded WADA game I bought uh, my first two coins for PCGS and um, I bought some uh, two cool checks uh, not too long ago for uh, for PSA DNA. So, wow. what uh, was your first water game? Uh, Blades of Steel. Was oh, a, Was a hockey game from back in the day, and I spent far too much time playing that game, uh, especially the fighting. So, uh, so and what it's known at, for? Yeah, when I was looking up for what am I going to pick up first, that was a uh, that was a no brainer. Love so. it.
0: You're a, you're a big hockey guy. This was a this was a pretty good weekend.
3: Holy cow! Holy cow! Now one bone I have to pick with you guys is we don't talk much puck on the podcast, so I was so excited to to come and just to to share a little bit because if you are listening and you don't normally collect hockey, just watch, just watch the playoffs. They are so good. I I was I was watching the I was at a a sports bar yesterday and uh, was watching Game Seven of the Suns and uh, Dallas Mavericks, and I was like. It's just terrible and then please uh, don't remind you right alongside <laughs> my heart <laughs> right alongside that was game seven of uh pittsburgh penguins and new york rangers and three three mm. tie goes to overtime amazing goal by artemi panarin uh at the end to close it out for the rangers and it, it really kind of showed a, a changing of the guard a bit because the penguins have been so, so good, good for so long, so long. And uh, everyone on that team has such hobby cred, you know, from an established veteran like Cindy Crosby to uh, a newcomer uh, somewhat uh, in Jake Gensel. uh, And he had just a sick goal. Uh, Puck went off his skate and then he hit it in. Like it was just crazy. So yeah, to watch that was, was a lot of fun. And so I I would recommend that if you have not dipped your toe in the, the hockey card uh, water uh, do so and, and, and definitely watch these playoffs. The, the one that I am most excited for, and I think everyone is, is the uh, the Edmonton Oilers facing off against uh, Calgary, and the the battle of Alberta in the uh, in the the playoffs is going to be nuts. So just super intense, a lot of fun, and the the last five minutes of every game is just it's incredible.
0: Well, I loved that game because the Bread Man always has a special place in my heart from his from his time with the Chicago, Chicago Blackhawks, yeah. um, but you mentioned the battle of Alberta. How cool is it for the sport that Connor McDavid has a chance to make a deep run? Cause I was telling Jack, like before the pandemic, the last sporting event I went to was a Anaheim ducks, Emmett Neuler's game because I just had to see McDavid play in person. I never had, and we were leaving the game. And I said to my girlfriend that as an adult, that's the most impressive athlete I've seen in person. Like he, he's playing a different game than everybody else. And I think for a lot of people, especially people who don't follow hockey, it's really hard to, just really quantify how he's essentially the LeBron James of hockey and it's Absolutely. hard to quantify how much of a unicorn he is on the ice without seeing it in person
3: well and the issue is he hasn't had that that deep playoff yeah run exactly yet. so um he is one that has been you know missing the playoffs or one and done and for them to advance has everyone in oil country going crazy and He doesn't do it alone you know uh leon dry is another really nice player that that accompanies him but for the hobby you know mcdavid's stuff has always been expensive and pricey but if they make a run here if he gets a if he gets to hoist the stanley cup like whoa watch out on on values there uh because what i've found is uh two things one in canada it's a whole nation of people that hockey is their number one sport. Mm -hmm. Like it's not even close. So it's hockey is everything. And then there's a significant drop-off. So, uh, they want to collect the stars. They want to collect the biggest players. And traditionally in Edmonton, there are some collectors that have a higher, uh, disposable income, uh, whether it be, you know, working in the oil fields or what have you, uh, there's, there's some cash up there. So they, uh, they definitely invest in their passion and, and Connor McDavid is it. So, yeah, I think, what we could see if if uh, McDavid makes a deep run is is more national and international attention for just how good he is as a player. So uh, the, the collectible market will follow.
1: I was telling Ryan before the show. I was watching an auction maybe a month or two ago in a Connor McDavid uh, Upper Deck Exquisite Patch Auto. It was a it was a PSA ten Auto ten wow. sold for like twice as much as a Kevin Durant Exquisite Patch Auto granted the the durant card is horizontal it wasn't as high of a grade but just to see mcdavid lap one of our our modern nba legends was like wow there is a massive market for this guy
3: yeah and and he is we worked very closely with a lot of the players uh, mm-hmm. at upper deck and and meeting uh, connor on a, a number of occasions he is one of those pl- people who is not uh He's not wanting to go out and have a great time after a game. He just wants to go watch film and then get better and then practice. And he is one of those people who has just dedicated himself to the game. Like that is all he wants to do. So um, you kind of like to see that in a player that you're collecting. Yeah. And you yeah. want a PC, is that greatness and easy focus? No. Yeah. And you know, there's it ain't for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So he is uh, he is an uh, anomaly for sure, but uh, definitely one worth worth collecting and there's the cool thing is there's so many different levels you can get in on on his uh his rookie cards um you know again you can do the the cup experience uh but you know there's mvp rookies Mm -hmm. young guns rookies young guns are just an incredible line of rookie cards that have such long history um but the fact that they don't have an autograph or a patch or are serial numbered unless it's one of the parallels And they just sell so well. It's, 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 it's a tribute to the fact that, that hockey collectors for the most part really do like to put sets together and they do like to complete uh, sets. So the young guns cards can be had at a a rational price, but they also still command a lot of value Mm -hmm. considering there's not much to them, you know, outside of a great image and, you know, some foil.
1: Yeah. PSA 10 McDavid young guns trades for right around the same of a Mike Trout 2011 tops update
0: yeah and the athletes are on par
1: yeah a, yeah, a lot of parallels you're you well, saying yeah, about Mike him not, and, not winning and all either yeah maybe maybe trout rather than lebron is is really the best one to one comp yeah,
0: that's true yeah
3: so or yeah, lebron
0: I, at 25 because big 25 and if i remember correctly lebron at 25 still really hadn't done hadn't won anything that was the big knock on him right I mean, absolutely yeah
3: so it's going to be a lot of fun to to watch and and, and i really just <laughs> encourage everyone again if you've you've been like "Eh, i don't know about uh hockey just watch this playoff series with edmonton and calgary it it will be worth it
0: well we we wanted to have you here too to talk uh customer care because this is this is where you specialize and uh just getting to know you a little bit i can see your passion for it the ideas you have and and what you're bringing here is going to make a big difference here at collectors um you know what are some of the core principles in that area because i know everybody you know kind of has some you know different outlooks on on how to approach and handle customer care and you're walking into a, a unique situation here with collectors especially on the PSA side as you know our backlog is is clearing and it's nearing the finish line and you know there's a lot to to handle on that side so you know the principles you're coming in with what do you kind of value at the top of that
3: Yeah I I'm I'm blessed with the fact that uh, a lot of the executive teams principles are right in line with mine and, and where I think we're trying to take the company is is to just be a more thoughtful considerate uh, company that specializes in a fun service uh, so in a fun field so uh, for me it's really uh, important that we that we focus on the fun of it but also understanding that uh, that we provide a premium service and, and that requires premium level of, of customer care and support as well so Yes, it. It. I've been spending a lot of time getting to know the team and trying to put some new programs into place that that we'll be launching hopefully this summer. But um, my goal is to be everywhere where our customers are. So whether that be events, whether that be social media, et cetera, um, I want to make sure that that we have a, a team there that can respond and help people through the process. And then, you know, I think we just need to continue to look at uh, pain points for our customers and and make things a little more uh, frictionless. Like there's still people that have no idea how to submit a card or, mm-hmm. or why do they give declared values? And uh, I, I felt the same way. There, there's still submissions that, you know, I want to, I want to put in, but I haven't quite yet is um, you know, I'm still learning a lot of the process as well. But uh, what I have found is that uh, this is a very dedicated uh, company to meeting and exceeding customers' expectations. Everyone from, Kevin Linnane, who you've had on before, to Nat Turner, everyone is is very customer centric and customer focused. So uh, I'm excited to be a part of that, and uh, I'm excited to uh, bring some of the industry know how to our team and and uh, you know develop a, a better way to uh, it, let our customers know we appreciate them.
0: You know, um, transparency is increasing as a as a major point of emphasis in this company i know i've seen that on the social media side and kind of some things i've been tacked um you know tasked with since coming on board and in terms of social media and content and the way we message certain information to customers and what we're providing our customers with absolutely and that's why I that think this door. podcast
3: yeah. is so great because you know there's so much information that mm-hmm. uh, that collectors get now you know yeah. with regard to where we add in the backlog or you know what are the the most graded cards things along those lines are really important information so yeah
0: well moving forward on the customer care side you know where do you kind of see transparency you know i guess increasing on that end in terms of say customers looking for updates on orders things like that you know what are some of your major points of emphasis there
3: well really i want to try to share more customer success stories and uh, and some Fun stories as well about you know people don't always grade cards for you know to get a PSA ten. Uh, I you know one of the submissions I loved on the uh, uh, the top ten for the set registry contest was uh, was one that had uh, one customer had a PSA one, they had a PSA two, they had a PSA three mm-hmm. for for all the cards, which was pretty cool. So people collect for a variety of reasons, and and you don't always have to. I I just bought a Gary uh, Carter uh, rookie card uh, PSA four this weekend at a, at uh, a swap meet, but I bought it because I, I sold it for beer money in college, you know, and and I I just was like, Oh, well that's pretty darn cool. And it just reminded me of, uh, my youth. So, um, I think that, uh, that being able to share the stories of why people collect or how they collect is, is really important. And then I think it's just a lot about dispelling some hobby myths, Ryan, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we had a lot of uh, myths on the uh, manufacturing side and people would do hobby math and be like, imagine. oh, there's there's this many cases. And you'd be like, no, there's way less. Where did they come up with this? What have you? But there's a lot of those same things that go on with grading. Like there is a perception that the grader is looking at who the customer is and making a determination on, on that. And that's not true. Uh, there's beliefs that the graders look at population reports and try to keep certain ones higher and lower. And, and you and I both know that that's not true, but it's because we've we've been here and, and seen the process. And uh, it, it, I think that as you speak about transparency, that is something that people just need to realize that, that everyone that is working here is working for the best interests of the collector. And uh, that's why I like the rebranding of our company name to be collectors. So
0: you know, you don't have to get too deep into exact details in here, but I do want to hear about maybe some initiatives that are coming uh, down the pipeline. Um, what changes are in store and on the customer care end here at PSA uh, and and
3: collectors? Yeah, I think it it starts with a, a little more advanced training. Uh, we're going to have uh, some of our supervisors and managers actually go through the Greater U training, mm. uh, which will be really cool and I I'm excited to do it. I want to do it. Yeah, exactly. So uh we offer a a a greater you uh opportunity here at collectors, but uh our team is gonna go through it not to become graders, but to be able to speak more confidently uh with regard to what are the graders noticing, you know, what what do they look for and and the terminology they use too, you know, cradling a card or uh, you know, there's there's a variety of others. But I think education and and just, you know, continued um, Uh, continued process improvements are, are really important. So that's what we'll look at first. And then uh, I love, you know, campaigns that get people talking. So uh, I am looking at a a variety of things that will, will get people excited about what's happening here at Collectors. So um, that should be uh, hitting, you know, hopefully this summer. So right around, uh, right around national time.
0: Well, let's let's fast forward to a year from now, and uh, we can kind of close on this. But uh, you're looking back at your first year at Collectors <laughs> and PSA, right? Yes. What are the types of impacts that you most want to be able to look look back on proudly uh, a year from now?
3: People, I really want to make sure that uh, the people that that work for us are uh, excited to be here, are are trained well, and uh, have great career opportunities for them, and. Again, I was very, very happy at Upper Deck. I, I, I think cannot say enough great things about uh, the organization. But I came here for a reason. This is a, a tremendous opportunity to see some of the most amazing collectibles in the world just by being at this company. But uh, but to provide a service that's 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 awesome. So uh, we are looking for. The, the best and brightest in the industry to be a part of the collector's team if people are interested check check out the opportunities at collectors.com uh, but really what I, I want to do is is help develop people and uh, help people along uh, our staff along a, a career path where uh, you know they can grow so uh, for me it, it, I've always felt that if you take care of your people the rest kind of uh, goes in line so hopefully I'll be talking after a year about a, a lot of promotions and uh, career development for reps
0: we're going to hold you to that because we're going to have you back here. Perfect. After a year. And uh, yeah. And as you mentioned, you're always looking for people who are passionate about wanting to be in this hobby and especially wanting an opportunity. You mentioned collectors.com slash careers. Yeah. You can check out uh, positions across the board that are available there. So.
3: Yeah. So uh, yeah, again, I wouldn't be here if I didn't think this was an awesome place to be and, and being here a month, I've seen that it truly is. So uh, if, if you're interested in, in loving what you do every day, definitely check it out.
0: Cool. Chris, thank you so much for taking the time to join us.
3: Yeah. Looking forward to working with you both. And, uh, uh, everyone, if you're out there, make sure that, uh, that you're submitting your cards and and having some fun. So we'll see y'all at the national and other events to come.
0: Is Connor McDavid raising the cup this year? I'm actually going to end on that.
3: So I have been, uh, a bit, bit, uh, Too much of a homer for the oilers i (laughs) i do have them going to the final in my bracket but uh i don't know there's you really have to ride a hot goaltender i think in the in the playoffs i don't know if mike smith can be that guy but Mm -hmm. you just never know so uh we'll see i'd like to see it very much
1: plus 1400
3: that's yeah i
0: i watched game seven between toronto and and tampa and like i (laughs) I've never had any sentiment one way or the other towards Toronto, but my gosh, it was hard to watch that again, but I'm watching game seven. And I'm like, I, I don't, I know this Toronto, this Tampa team is just beat up from these back to back to back deep yes. playoff runs. I don't know how you beat Vasilevsky in an, in, in, in an, in an elimination game because nobody can do so it. So Dang. Nobody good. can do it.
3: And then that's, a, that's another thing is, you know, Tampa Bay is just an incredible team, you know, uh, but Vasilevsky is amazing. And, he just doesn't get a lot of hobby love. Uh, Stephen Stamkos gets yeah. some, but uh, there's a number of amazing Victor Hedman, a number of amazing players on uh, the Bolts that uh, that just don't get uh, nearly enough hobby love because of you know where they're located geographically. But
0: and goalies in hockey collecting are like pitchers in baseball collecting.
3: Yeah, they kind of. There, stay there under are the some people that definitely time. PC goalies, but uh, but yeah, it is it is comparable. I would say for sure.
0: All right, well. Once again, thank you to Chris Carlin, the Director of Customer Care here at PSA and Collectors for joining us. Jack, we'll be back next week. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, guys.